newsletter, August 2020. A good problem to have. Despite my books and my teaching, the bulk of my income and the lion's share of the hours of my working life are all about private astrological consultations. People contact me for recorded readings, which I send them via MP3 files. Lately, when I get such a request, I put them on the waiting list, but I tell them that I hope to be able to do one for them one day. The problem is that those recordings are booked at least five or six years ahead now. In a few months, I will be 72 years old. At my age, making promises about anything that far in the future feels like tempting the Lord to offer me a little lesson in hubris, perhaps uh, punctuated with a lightning bolt. Now, I also do live sessions here in my office in person. Those are my favorites. I, I like the human interaction. I like learning from people. Now, years ago, when the recorded readings, which are an international market, of course, threatened to eclipse the face-to-face -face work entirely, I started booking the two forms on separate tracks. The local work is still somewhat more available. The wait for an in-person session currently runs something like three years, although right now, because of COVID-19, it's entirely stalled. I'm not seeing anyone in the office until the pandemic is over. Potential clients always ask me if I do Zoom sessions or phone work. I never do. The main reason is purely practical. With the other two methods booked so far ahead, how crazy would I have to be to open up a third channel, one that was accessible to the global population of the planet? It would be nuts. Being in demand this way is naturally a good feeling. I am prosperous and my life feels meaningful. Those are two great blessings for which I am profoundly grateful. Given my age, people often ask me if I plan to retire. I could, but I don't want to. My intention is to continue doing this work in some form until my heart stops or my brain goes bluey. It feeds my soul and it gives purpose to my life. I used to say, would the Pope retire? Then Pope Benedict XVI actually did. But that is the right category. For me, being an evolutionary astrologer is a spiritual calling, not simply a job. From a selfish perspective, being booked far ahead like that is a good problem to have. What's not to like about job security, income security? Many years ago, when I decided to become a professional astrologer, friends would often praise me for being brave. That's how they put it. But of course, what they really meant was being stupid. In those days, if you had a job with a corporation, they'd take care of you. You'd have the job for the rest of your working life if you wanted it. You could retire at some point. You'd have a pension. Why would anyone be crazy? enough to step out on the thin ice of being an astrologer. The joke was on them, of course. Corporations cease to care about anyone, or so it seems many of my more practical friends, practical, if you will, found themselves downsized or redundant when they're in their 50s, and even worse, clueless about how to navigate their own lives independently. I've been lucky 
Call it my Sun-Jupiter conjunction, I guess. My long waiting lists do have a gratifying component, but given my age, they're also starting to present me with a big ethical problem. Am I knowingly making promises that I will never be able to fulfill? Currently, especially with COVID-19 in the mix and me not seeing live clients, I am actually booking more readings per week than I am able to do. The problem, even if it is a good one to have, is getting worse day by day. Always, when people contact me about a consultation, I explain the uncertainty of the situation, and I routinely offer to refer them to other astrologers. Referrals are the obvious solution to my dilemma. As a result of my apprenticeship programs, I am in a good position to make those referrals, too. I started those programs around the time I was turning 50 years old. I've done hundreds of them, and something like 2,000 people have passed through them in various countries and states here in the United States. Many of these people are listed in a directory of forest-trained astrologers up on my website. Many potential clients of mine daunted by the long wait to see me, have turned to my students, and had good experiences. That's win-win all around, and a source of real joy for me. But still, my bookings continue to grow, and all the while the closure fairy, so to speak, looms on the edges of my personal radar screen. Now, around three or four years ago, I saw that the progressed moon was going to enter my 12th house. I knew that much of my life would fall away to make room for some kind of new start. That's pure astrology. I also stood, understood that it would be better for me to go with the flow of this 12th house energy rather than trigger any of the baleful house of troubles predictions of the astrological doomsayers. You get into that by resisting these natural endings. I didn't want to do that. I also, around the same time, began the monumental task of writing my four-volume element series. That's true legacy work. Now, I was flying blind, running on faith and intuition, the way we all need to during 12th house times. While my moon was still there in that reclusive 12th house, COVID-19 struck. One effect of it, as I mentioned a while ago, was that I stopped seeing clients in person. That was out of respect for their health and my own, but it sure freed up a lot of time for me to work on writing. The Book of Water, the final volume in my series, is now done and in its final edits, many, many months ahead of schedule. I actually wrote Amen on the first draft of that book on the very day that my progressed moon hit my ascendant when it came out of the 12th house. That just happened naturally. It wasn't calculated. It nicely illustrates our principle that you can't make this stuff up. Astrology works so vividly. Anyone who looks at it with an open mind can see that. But it is not just about seeing the future. The planets can actually guide us if we're willing to trust them and surrender to their messages. I just want to insert a big thank you to those invisible gods and goddesses in the sky. I saw that 12th house lunar progression coming, and I adjusted my life accordingly. 
but those gods and goddesses knew more than I ever could. One thing that I did not see coming was the pandemic. How much easier it has been for me to surf that shelter-in-place imperative with most of my apprenticeship programs harmoniously canceled anyway. And what a blessing it has been to have been given all this time to write. Another big development that I did not see coming, even though the planets guided me to make room for it, was the birth of the Forest Center for Evolutionary Astrology. On March 6th, 2019, with my moon just over the line into the 12th house, I met for the first time with Jeff Parrott and Dr. Katie Cadge to discuss the possibility of creating a mostly online astrological school. It would support people who wanted to learn how to do the kind of astrology that has given me the life that I have been describing. Jeff brought years of business skill and visionary leadership to the mix, along with enough financial support to make it happen in practical terms. Katie brought 30 years of teaching experience, much of it online, as an art professor at a college level. Our individual skills definitely formed a perfect trine, and with their help, I sensed that I could be part of something that would take my work to the next level, something fresh and something which I could never do alone. I don't want to write too much or say too much about the FCEA in this newsletter. Suffice to say that while we are hoping to launch it soon, or around the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction at the end of this year, our first commitment is to quality and integrity, with deadlines and schedules taking second place. As I write these words, our website is basically a placeholder. But if you're interested in the school, you can sign up for further announcements at www.forestastrology.center, forest with two R's, forestastrology, one word, dot center, not dot org or dot com. Very soon, we will post a long interview about the project up there. We shot it a week ago, and it's being edited right now. Let's go back to the dilemma that is the heart of what I'm talking about in this newsletter, that I'm in my 70s, and I am afraid that I am booking consultations into my next incarnation. It's an intractable problem, and I'm not sure how to solve it. My business-oriented friends have always suggested the basic capitalist solution that I should simply raise my prices. Doing that would surely work, but I cannot seem to sprout the requisite dorsal fin. I have enough money. I also grew up very working class, and those are my roots, a fourth-floor walk-up, three-room apartment in an ethnic neighborhood. I appreciate la lucha, so to speak. Still, I cringe when I read someone post on Facebook about, quote, all those selfish rich people. My work has brought me into intimacy with a lot of very wealthy folks. In general, I find them to be just as human as anyone else, with the good, the bad, and the ugly all fully represented. Bottom line, I simply do not want my work to become exclusive. I do not want to serve only the very affluent, even though they are as welcome as anyone else. My price is already high enough. 
I cannot bring myself to solve my booking problem in that fashion. Really, the only truly long-term solution is to have more astrologers available working in my style. I came to that realization a quarter century ago, and so I began to put more focus on teaching the methods I had evolved, methods which had obviously struck a chord in the collective. We have two things in abundance in our field of astrology. One is myriad forms of astrology, and the other is starving astrologers. We have plenty of them. I do not want to put any energy into criticizing other forms of our craft unless they hurt people. Many of these forms undoubtedly work in helpful ways. But my own style of evolutionary astrology is what I want to pass onward. That is the flame I want to still see burning after I am gone. To that end, my apprenticeship programs are currently evolving into the Forest Center for Evolutionary Astrology. I am busily recording hours and hours of instructional videos for that project, and I am very excited about it. Not long ago, someone asked me about the difference between, on one hand, the FCEA, and on the other hand, my older teaching programs and all the material that is already available on my website, books, recordings, videos, and so on. The answer in one word about the difference is structure. With the FCEA, students will be guided to astrological proficiency in an orderly, efficient way. They can start at zero, or they can start where they are, but we will hold their hands for the rest of the way, and they will emerge as master evolutionary astrologers. Now, with my progressed moon in the first house, I know that I'm laying the foundation currently of the next 27 years of my life, very probably the rest of it. I also know that I need to let the moon make my decisions, which is to say that I simply need to follow my heart. That's the way it is with the progressed moon in the first house. That's the path of wisdom and fulfillment. So in honest goat fashion, my heart has me working harder than ever before, but my focus is more on writing and preparing material for the FCEA than upon individual client work. That decision feels right, but I can also do the math with my focus shifting more toward teaching. Even my being booked five years ahead might be too optimistic a projection. Yet, I continue to add people to the list. All I know to do is to be honest with them about the uncertainty and to continue to offer referrals. I intend to always do private astrological work. I would be suspicious, personally, of any astrological teacher who didn't face that particular test on a regular basis. But the way the wind is blowing, I seem to be doing less individual work and more of this legacy work. Now, my mom, whom I loved, lived to almost the age of 96, and she still had all her marbles, so to speak, Sometimes I have a happy fantasy of my doing a reading for a young man or woman, perhaps someone not even yet born, when I'm 95. 
I imagine that the experience will be as as meaningful for me then as it is today. So if you're on my waiting list, please understand. And please pray for my longevity. Thank you.